From time to time, during the How Did We Miss That podcast, we may talk about details of crimes that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello and welcome to episode four. I'm Christine. And I'm John. And we are going to tell you about some interesting cases today. Are we just going to dive right in? Do you yeah. have anything you want to say? No, I mean, not it's really. It's episode four. I'm excited. It's We've episode had some... four. The listeners are just off the hook. I know. Incredible response. We love it. We love all of you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Please rate and review and subscribe and do all the things and... Yeah, keep it going, guys. Yeah, rate and review so we get pushed to the top on Apple Podcasts. It's very important to compete with all these other true crime podcasts out there. It would really be helpful if you give a not just a rating. It's easy to click the five stars, but a review. Good or bad, whatever. It just means there's activity and it'll go right to the top. All right, to the top. All right, so I'm just going to jump right in with my case that I have for you today. Um, this is a missing persons case, so I haven't done one of those yet. I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, it's really interesting to me. And so this is the case of Lachea Stein. So this case, I was reading it and, and initially I was like, mm, there's not really much to go on. But as I dive deeper into the story, it got really interesting to me. So it kind of starts out like the beginning of a horror movie. There's a really grainy surveillance video that shows a girl walking alone down a dark, empty road. And it is the last known image of Lachea Stein. On, spooky. Yeah, I know. It was kind of spooky. That's kind of what piqued my interest was this video that well, I saw. Good timing. This will come out two days after Halloween. So perfect. Sure. It's I perfect. It. So on July 15th, 2016, then 16-year-old Lachea Stein left her home in Aurora, Colorado at around 2.30 a.m. and then disappeared without a trace. Lachea lived with her family and attended George Washington High School. She was known to be a good student and was on the honor roll. She wanted to study nursing in college, and she had recently been selected by the University of Colorado Hospital for an internship. And her family was telling everybody that she was so excited about this. This was something that she was really looking forward to, and she never would have missed it. Like, this is something she never would have forgotten about. It's like, really important to her. So the evening of July 15th was one of excitement and anticipation for her because she was really looking forward to a job interview that she had the next day at like one o'clock in the afternoon, I believe. So when her mother, Sabrina Jones, went to bed that night, it would be the last time that she would ever see her daughter. At around two in the morning, she went into her younger brother's room to tell him to go to bed with the threat that she would tell their mother if she did ever if he didn't. Soon after that, she left the house. Nobody knows why. We don't have any idea. She just left and has never been seen again. Wow, that's crazy. And she was looking forward to the next day, you said. Yes. Yeah, so again, she had a job interview. This It wasn't for the internship. That was going to happen just a few weeks actually after she disappeared. Yeah. But this was for a job interview for something. And her mom had said in an interview that um, that morning when she woke up, she was surprised to not see her there because she knew how excited she was about it. And 
they kind of had discussed that they didn't really know where the actual place was it that she was going to the interview. So they need to go early. And so she had sent her brother to her room to go wake her up. Did anyone, did she like leave with the car or any signs of leaving or do they think she was kidnapped? Right. So we're going to get to that. Perfect. Almost. I love it. So the next morning, the family realized that Lachea was not in the house when they attempted to wake up for the interview. Like I said, her phone went straight to voicemail. Her mom had been calling, had been blowing up, text messaging her, asking her where she's, she is, because this was, just wasn't like her. And she was so excited about the interview. So her mom was just really confused. Um, they decided to try to go look for her in the neighborhood, but they were unsuccessful in finding her. Finally, they decided they were going to contact the police. So we've heard this story a hundred times before. The police basically don't want to help them. Oh, she hasn't been missing long enough. Right. Whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So this particular case, they initially label her case as a runaway, which this is not uncommon with kids this age. When a missing person case gets labeled as a runaway case, the investigators are kind of slow to act. They're less than thorough when it comes to following up with leads. And another case, you know, might be prioritized over a runaway case because it deals with a subject who doesn't necessarily want to be found. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened in this particular case. But like we've said in other episodes, and I'm sure people have heard on other true crime things, it doesn't matter whether the person wants to be found. They're out there on their own now. Anything can happen. Right. So I heard a, a crazy statistic and I can't remember which agency that it came from but for some reason uh, you know in a given month there was like 600 and something missing persons cases and 500 and something of them were solved by the person coming home so unfortunately to law enforcement agencies sometimes they're like she's gonna come back we don't really care about this that much right but what i'm trying to say is i wish law enforcement agencies listen to this podcast and take my advice from (laughs) nobody over here anything can happen while they're out there unprepared for I mean, hell, we're talking about crime and things, but what if they're unprepared for the elements? Yeah, right. Exactly. And they didn't bring enough food or whatever. They freeze to death. That's why you should still do the due diligence and look for them, open a report, because it's not just about kidnappings and all those bad things. Anything could happen while they're missing. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this left the family to do all the legwork, driving around, taking tips, following up on them. And it wasn't until almost a whole week later that the police chief, who had actually been away on vacation, finally returned and decided to take a closer look at the case. So sometimes with these cases, you know, it's up to the family to raise the alarm. You know, they need to tell the authorities that this is absolutely not what this particular person would do. Her family let them know that she had never thought about running away before or that this was not something she would do. And they showed all the things that she left, showing how completely out of character it was for her. So like I said, we actually found some stuff that was strange that she wouldn't have normally done. So upon further investigation, police were able to find the surveillance video of Lachea the night she went missing. They informed the family that the video was taken at 2.30 in the morning and Lachea could be seen walking near East Montview Boulevard on Peoria Street. Her mother had told reporters later that, quote, even though she did leave at 2 o'clock in the morning, I don't think she meant to stay gone. Sabrina believes that Lachea had gone to meet someone and was planning on returning to the house because she had left her clothes, wallet, and phone charger that were still found in her room. Now, I'm sorry. Did I miss this in the beginning? How old is Lachea? She was 16 at the time. Okay. Right. So, yeah, that is kind of... 16-year-olds don't generally leave at 2.30 in the morning. 
Right. Even to come back. I mean, that's that's weird. Yeah. Well, and the fact that she didn't take any clothes with her. I mean, for when I was 16, my phone was my life. And so if I didn't take my charger, <laughs> yeah, like I would have been totally screwed. So it's just weird that she didn't do that. And she left her wallet. Well, my first thought is thinking that she was going to like have a drink or take the edge off somewhere to because of the interview and maybe nerves or whatever. But she's too young for all that. Right. So something's not adding up there. Right. So also she had left her window open, which if you've ever snuck out of the house, you know, you need a way to get back in. That's not going to alert your parents. Right. So that was something they kind of were thought was a little bit fishy. You know, it would have allowed her to reenter her room. There was also a flower pot underneath the window outside of Lachey's bedroom, which her mother thinks Lachey may have used in a failed attempt to get back into the house. But obviously nothing is known for certain. So Lachey's ex-boyfriend and friends were all questioned and none of them had heard from her. Even more telling was the fact that she had stopped posting on all of her social media accounts. So I don't know. Even if I ran away, maybe I'm still looking at stuff or maybe I'm liking people's things still. I don't know. But she's just completely fallen off the radar. There were no clues or information that came up that moved the case forward and no one was suspected of any foul play. Was there anything on social media that suggested suicide? Like getting affairs in order and all there's there's posts like that no. nowadays that yeah, right. can point to that. So no, there was absolutely nothing, hmm. which that's, you know, what is confusing the family. It's just not like her. Yeah. In the years since Lachea Stein was reported missing, there have been multiple theories, one being that she was lured away by an online predator. But the biggest theory is that she might have become a victim of sex trafficking. So that seems to be the the biggest theory. They've got, you know, the most evidence for this particular one. So I'm going to kind of outline that for you right now. But I just can't help but think like I'm I'm hearing the story. I'm thinking to myself, she's so bright. Like, how could she possibly let something like that? How could she fall prey to something like that? You know what I'm saying? Well, but it's yeah, it's just a sad truth. It could happen to anybody. Yes. And like I often say to our son. Smart people do really dumb things sometimes. Yeah. They can be very bright in different ways, but fall prey to these setups and scams because they're lacking street smarts or whatever. Yeah. Which could have been the case here. Yeah, that's true. So there have been alleged sightings of Lachea that corroborate this theory, such as her coming and going from motels that were known for facilitating sex work. There were witnesses that claimed she was in the custody of a man who might have been transporting her across state lines. One girl who was successfully recovered from sex trafficking claimed to have been trafficked with Lachea mm. and described a scar on her chest. So Lachea has a quarter size scar on her chest that was like her, like a very distinguishing mark for her. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this girl knew about that scar was something that was really intriguing to the family. But despite police follow up, Lachea was never found at any of the alleged sightings. Another girl who escaped from trafficking also came forward claiming to have been with Lachea. Unfortunately, police were never successful in finding her in any of the locations mentioned either. (laughs) I think this is funny. The word is a procurer, which I mean, is just like a fancy pimp, basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, The Aurora area offered to help get Lachea back during an undercover operation. He said that Lachea was under constant watch by the man that was keeping her. And, you know, this would be normal because... Basically, what they do is they keep their girls really close until they can trust them enough 
to like let them go a little further. Mm-hmm. So in this particular time period, she probably would have been under like 24 hour surveillance all the time. Anyway, that didn't end up panning out. Another call came to Lachea's family that she was at a motel. When police arrived, the room Lachea was said to be in was empty, but there was female clothing inside the room. Sabrina says that someone in the area told one of her friends that Lachea had been moved from the motel five minutes before the police arrived to another motel and then driven away in a navy blue SUV. A young woman at an outreach center for women and girls who have been escaped, uh, I'm sorry, who have escaped sex trafficking reported that she was trafficked with Lachea as well. She said that Lachea wanted to go home, but that she was afraid probably of what her family would think of her if she went home. God, that's crazy. Yeah. Why would so, anyone ever think that? I don't know. Yeah, that was a weird thing. Um, there was also another young woman who turned up claiming that she was Lachea. But um, obviously. Why are we not talking about that? Because, <laughs> I mean, it was very quickly debunked, yeah. obviously. Yeah. The family knew it wasn't her and tests proved that it wasn't her. So. Right. Um, that was interesting. But Wait, they had to get tests? They don't know it's not their daughter? <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did some. I, I, it was a very small little blurb in all the research that I did because yeah. obviously it was probably pretty ludicrous. Well, I'm just thinking like on the parent angle here, if the girl is worried about coming home because of what she will be thought of, maybe the parent to kid relationships not so great there. Yeah. I mean, that was one that when I read it, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. But, you know, obviously... Uh, her mother is on the record as saying to her, please just come home. We miss you. There's a really tearful interview, which maybe if I can find it, I can post it. But um, of her basically just saying she can't live another day without her. She just hates this. And yeah, obviously, I, I mean, I can't imagine losing right, my daughter. Right. And if this happened to our kids, obviously I would completely lose my shit about them doing something stupid, but I wouldn't judge them for falling into this trap and not, right. definitely wouldn't be upset that they came home. Right. That, that's kind of strange. You don't know me. what's going on with, no, I with hear her. You, you don't yeah. know if she's been put on drugs. You don't know, you know. Yeah. I mean, sadly, the only, I haven't done a lot of research on human trafficking, but I have seen the movie Taken, which that's involves awful. that. And yeah, she's drugged and under surveillance and all that stuff. So I can only imagine it's like that in real life. Much worse. Since her disappearance, a lot of people have reached out to the family to help find Lachea, but not all of them have had the best intentions. In 2018, a sex worker named Rosari Young was arrested for solicitation by an undercover cop. When they searched through her belongings, they found conversations between the sex worker and two other families of missing people. Hmm. Which is interesting. What's a sex worker? Are we talking hookers here? Right, but that's not the politically correct way to say it. Well, I'm just wondering because sex workers are also porn stars. and Right, and so they're under an umbrella of sex work, which is... Oh, really? Because some's legit and some's not. Okay. Right. It's the the correct... I mean, I don't know anything about porn stars and their official titles. I'm just saying. Right. That is the correct way to say it. Okay, great. One conversation was between herself and Sabrina Lachea's mom. One of the text messages said Lachea is fine and well taken care of. So when the mom responded with pleas to talk to her daughter, Young said that she was fine, but that she needed to work off money that she owed her and that if the family didn't pay up, she would die. Oh, boy. Is this another procurer? No, this is a she's a sex worker. Is that the politically correct way to say pimp? No. So (laughs) there's the difference. So the pimp is the one who kind of like takes care of the girls. He makes sure that they're they get to the places they're supposed to go to. Yeah, kind of like a bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of like a bodyguard. He watches over them. He 
sets up their schedules to where they're going to go, whatever. The procurer, the procurer is like, is like a, a fancy like headhunting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're kind of like a fancier Yeah, they're doing version, the, they're doing the, the trading on the outside. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. So anyways, she said that she owed them over $2,000, but that they could work something out. She was, quote, tired of hearing her crying. So Young was <laughs> wow. finally charged with extortion after they looked into it. Even further, they found that she had actually never even had any contact with Lachea. There was no evidence of that whatsoever. And I don't know, that just makes me so sad because I know the family is so desperate for any information that they're going to do anything. So how did this person even know? From the news, probably? Internet. Yeah. Absolutely. Internet. There was two other people she was trying to get money from the same way. What a shitty society we're in, right? That people would even do that. It just makes me so sad. I mean, it's obviously crazy. she's in a bad place, you know, bad enough that she needs to do something like that. Of course. But it's yeah. Just, it's like pure evil. I mean, to, to can but you imagine? But for two grand. That's, a, come on. Well, I mean, I'm sure go, she's getting more from other people. But Go big or go home. You're doing this for two grand and, with, and no thought of what it would do to the family, like you're saying. Exactly. Like, can you imagine? It's just awful. Yeah. You imagine being the family member and thinking like oh my gosh we finally our daughter we finally can find her and it just ends up being this completely evil person yeah so yeah i mean that's the the it that's all we really know about lachea we haven't had any more information or any more leads since then that was 2016 so it's four years now yeah um lachea stein is five foot seven inches tall and she weighs about 150 pounds when she left um, alleged sightings of her have now put her at around 120 pounds. And she also may be wearing a wig. Like they say that usually it's straight hair. She has long black hair, brown eyes, and like I said, a quarter sized round scar on her chest. Police said she typically wears a silver watch on her left wrist. Since her disappearance, no known contact has been made by Lachea to her family and friends. And besides Colorado, she may have also been seen in Kansas City, Missouri area, and in the states of Kansas, New Mexico, and Arizona. And another thing I want to keep in mind that I kind of saw during my research is that pimps will literally brand their girls with a hot iron. That's something that they do often. So even though her scar is a very distinguishable characteristic of her, it may have been covered up in that fashion with a brand of some sort. So mm, keep, your, okay. keep your eye out for anybody that might have a really strange scar on their chest. Well, anybody that has a, any female that has a brand, you should probably report anyway. Right. <laughs> I mean. Well, right. Um, the FBI has actually joined the investigation along with the Colorado police since she has allegedly crossed several state lines. The case is still open and being investigated. Authorities are offering a reward of up to $15,000 for tips that could help reunite her with her family. And if you have any information about Lachea, you think you know something, you might have seen someone, please, you're asked to call the Aurora Police Department at 303-739-6130 or 303-739-6109. And if you wish to submit an anonymous tip, you can do so by calling the Crime Stoppers at 720-913-7867. And that is the story of Lachea Stein. I hope she comes back. I hope we find her. She's 20 years old now. I will post on social media. They have an aged progressed picture of her. Mm -hmm. So I'll post that as well. But yeah. Yeah. So there's been a lot of um, great work done by the U.S. Marshals lately of kind of finding these missing kids and right. people that have been a victim of this. She hasn't turned up in that, I take it, obviously. No, not yet. But there's hope. We, we keep hoping. Is the family probably thinking she's dead by now? 
Um, no, I mean, uh, reports are saying she's very much alive. People keep reporting that they've seen her. That's crazy. So, I, I mean, I don't know by now. It's obviously gone pretty cold. The case has gone cold by now. But um, it's something I probably should pay more attention to. But I don't know the statistics of how many people die in these situations. Yeah. I think no, the I goal imagine. is to keep them alive, right? I mean, right. I mean, you don't get money if they're not alive. So, wow, that's sad. Well, I hope somebody uh, finds her and. Yeah, all we can do is spread the word. I tell you what, that'll get the podcast ratings through the roof if somebody says, I heard about her on, how did we miss that? (laughs) That's true. And I got the number. Man, talk about big time. We'll be able to retire. I don't think it's right (laughs) to monetize something like that. I just want our home safe. No, no, no. (laughs) Well, yeah, of course. And we'll donate our our money to that cause. But I'm just saying. That would be pretty nice if we could help find her. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Are we ready for my section? I'm ready. I'm excited about this. You started talking about it and now (laughs) my interest is peaked. So it turns out that I've missed a lot of conspiracy theories throughout the years (laughs) um, because I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I try to, when I hear about them, I'm like, oh, those people are nuts or whatever. But in my free time during 2020 and some of these other conspiracies that have come along with all the shit we're living in right now i've started to take a bigger interest in them yeah um, and pay attention to them and so in doing research for something for this episode i found out also out of colorado the denver airport a huge history of different conspiracy theories involving that property that's insane so what's the name of this airport by the way are you sitting down i'm sitting down denver international airport oh never mind (laughs) is there another airport in colorado somewhere Oh, I'm sure it's a pretty big state. Because I feel I mean, like I've stopped at an airport in Colorado, but I don't think that was the name of it. So Denver's a huge hub. Um, right. So maybe I have. I don't know. And I don't know if maybe it had a different name. Like, do you, When did you do that? I'm not sure. I thought maybe when I was with my mom, I went to Pennsylvania, but I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But I, I mean, I'm sure there's you other... You know my dad, he's a big fan of the stopover. <laughs> yeah, all about so. the layover. Yeah. Jim Layover Kerrigan. Jim Layover Kerrigan. <laughs> All right, so there's a couple theories that I'm going to talk about briefly here. Okay. um, Because they are all, I mean, like I said, there's several. And so much so that this article is from 2016 from the Colorado News. And I'll kind of skip over this part, but they have their CEO there. Wait, wait a second. Yeah. So we both have stories from Colorado from 2016? Yeah. Weird. Weird, right? How did we miss that? It's almost like we're married. It's almost like we're married. Um. Anyway, they have a CEO, at least in 2016, they did. I don't know if this person's moved on, that embraced this so much that they opened up a museum-like exhibit within the airport that featured all of the conspiracy theories. That's amazing. So now, whenever we fly, we've got to find a way to stop at this airport. Well, I really want to go to Denver to check this out. But, I mean, again, keeping with the theme of the show, there's so many around this airport, and I love aviation and airports. I have no clue how I've never heard about this until... Crazy you know, two days ago. I'll just read what the news article has because it's a very dramatic opening. Are you ready? Yes. Sinister sculptures and secret bunkers. Ooh. Swastika-shaped runways and murals that point to a New World Order takeover or alien invasion. And what about those gargoyles hanging out by the baggage claim? Mm. Right? (laughs) Conspiracy theories about Denver International Airport have soared for more than two decades. See the use of the word sword. I like sword. Airplanes. You got to love these journalists and how they try to be creative writers all of a sudden. Owing to the airport's mix of bold public art, 
So they have an art gallery there as well. Unusual architecture, infamous construction problems, and an internet-fueled cycle of self-feeding paranoia. They predate even the airport's 1995 debut. But Jesse Ventura, the wrestler. Oh, Jesse Ventura. Wasn't he like a governor or something? Yeah. Well, apparently he had a television show in 2012 called Conspiracy Theory. And he featured several of the things from this airport. And dozens of media outlets from ABC News to the Science Channel continue to report on them on an annual basis. So this is a big deal. That's what I'm saying. Crazy. I don't know how we missed this. Yeah. And so, like I said, their CEO, her name's Kim Day, has even decided to to kind of try to market this. And they have this gallery there. At least they did then. I don't know if it's still there now. So, like I was saying, most of these theories are quite laughable, and we'll get into those in just a second. But if you're the CEO or marketing for this airport, why not try to capitalize on it, right? why not? Everyone seems to know about it. And at the end of this, in fact, I'm going to read a comment from this news article from someone. You know, even back then, they had comments on news articles like they do now. Um, That's quite funny. So, we'll, (laughs) we'll get into that in a minute. So, the first theory floated out there is about secret societies, Okay. Oh, I love those. So there's a plaque that you can see, and maybe we can post this. Yeah, we'll post um, a picture. That the Freemasons, everyone knows who they are, right? The centuries-old secret society that's featured in things like National Treasure. and you've Yeah, seen they're, the, they're responsible for like the money things, right? People say yes, all the over Illuminati money and, and stuff. All that. And yeah, and you've seen the symbol. It's like a, a triangle and then an upside down with a G in the middle. Yeah. There's a big group of people. Is that, that like are, a protractor? What is that like a compass yeah, kind or something? Of, yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a bunch of people that are part of the Freemasons. It's this. It's like a, this really old fraternity. Yes, and it goes back to the Crusades. I mean, it's right, a big exactly. Deal. And so the the theory is that they have controlled the airport ever since it opened with ties to the New World Order, which is a group of global elites who wield power over international affairs. So the history behind this theory is that there's a dedication plaque, which I just showed to you at the airport's south entrance, that has the Freemason symbol on it, as well as a reference to the New World Airport Commission. Oh, that's weird. Strange markings have also been noted around the airport, supposedly indicating secret alien languages. Alien languages. So Hmm. again, if you're a conspiracy nutso and you go there and you see this, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I've heard about this. And apparently this airport has connections to it. I'm not going to read the facts because that's a buzzkill. It's somebody on, it's this author oh, trying to don't kill the prove vibe, these man. things wrong. So, but for this particular one, he's saying that, oh, the Freemasons obviously had a hand in funding and helping build this and that the New World Airport Commission is actually a, a real thing, Well, isn't, which I'm sure it is. But Well, isn't masonry like building? Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So maybe they actually literally built it? Uh, yes, but unless it's like built all of brick which it's probably not that's what masonry is <laughs> right you know stonework right although is it you just know brick or is it also when they work? talk yeah stonework and all that stuff from the old timey days but when they mention freemasons in like uh national treasure it's all about woodworking all that that huge oh, wood yeah, structure and whatever true. so yeah. i don't know maybe they're just builders in general strange so the other theory out there are the artistic clues to the apocalypse that are found in their public oh. art galleries and all around The airport. So this one I found very interesting. So the theory is that the airport's 40-piece public art collection, most notably its colorful 28-foot-wide murals by artist Leo Tanguma, gargoyle sculptures near the east and west side baggage claim areas, and the Mustang sculpture, also known as Blucifer. 
Oh, my. It's a big blue horse. That's why they call Lucifer. it that. Lucifer. Which is near Pena Boulevard around the airport property are clues to a sinister influence at the airport. Ooh. Alternately credited as Illuminati, Freemasons, and New World Order, or even Nazis. Oh, dear. So the reason why is because well, the big yeah. blue horse has red eyes. <gasps> so that's one thing that they clued into. What were you going to say? You have a question? No, I don't have a question, but I was actually just thinking, like, does it have to do with, like, the horsemen of the apocalypse or something? I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's kind so. of what I was trying to tie yeah. it to, but, ooh, red eyes, that's creepy. So the history behind this theory is that, like most of Denver's air- airport's conspiracy theories, this one roughly parallels the rise of the internet and the time of the airport's opening, which is right around the 1995 time, and has been given fuel over the years by radio hosts like George Nury. Do you know him? Yes, yeah. coast to coast. Right. Oh my gosh, I love Coast to Coast. TV conspiracy backer Jesse Ventura, like we mentioned before, and many others. They point to Nazi or fascist imagery in Tanguma's murals on level five of the Jeppesen Terminal. So if we ever go there, we got to check that out. So wait, I have to we have to talk about George Norrie for a minute. Yeah, go for so it. So I used to have to drive home from work from when we worked at Disneyland. I would drive home at closing time. And that's when Coast to Coast would be on. Yeah. And I like his voice is just so soothing. And I seriously almost fall asleep. But I mean, he's got all kinds of crazy theories about ghosts and aliens. And people would always call in and talk about their alien stories. And it was we need really to try cool. to get him as a guest on this. I Ooh, bet we could. That'd be fun. Because I don't even think he's on the air anymore. He'd probably be happy to be I don't on know. something. KFI, I'm going to track that down AM tomorrow. 640 in yeah. California. So in addition to those things, the ominous and seemingly random nature of the gargoyles and the fact that a portion of the 32-foot, 9,000-pound Mustang sculpture, which features glowing red eyes, as I said, interpreted as a reference to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. There we go. See, I'm smart. Fell on and killed its (gasps) creator, Luis Jimenez. No way. That's great. Oh my gosh, I seriously have chills right now. Right? So again... This article's kind of broken down into the theory, the history, and the facts. Okay. I say five to the facts. Who wants to know that? That Five on you. If you want to know them, go look them up. Yeah, we'll post this article (laughs) and you can find them for yourself, damn it. (laughs) All right. Oops. Oops. I threw my paper in disgust and I forgot about the next headline. Oh, no. Underground bunkers and aliens. Oh. So, I mean, this whole area of the country is kind of Area 51 and all that other stuff. Right, exactly. New Mexico, that whole southwesty kind of area is known for its alien sightings and encounters. So why not Denver Airport, right? Exactly. So the theory here is that hidden beneath the airport's underground baggage transport tunnel is a secret bunker or series of bunkers designed to house billionaires and global political elite in the event of an apocalypse. Wait, what was that movie we watched where it was like that? Oh, um, yes. Uh, gosh, we just, uh, uh, 2012. 2012 with yeah. John Cusack. They had global elitist yeah, yeah, spaceships. Yeah. All the crazy people had like yeah. their cool ships. Yeah. Lizard people, a.k.a. Ew. reptoids, Eey. and or evidence of aliens are also thought to be lurking down there. No, thank you. So I think this is off limits. It's like a worker's area. So we would not be able to see this if we went. But the history of this one is that the contractors who originally worked on the airport which went over budget and opened 16 months behind schedule, reportedly saw evidence of bunker entrances and unexplained tunnels. A so, multi-million dollar, go ahead. 
No, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, it's quite all right. You paused, and so I this thought this is called a possible. conversation. Have at it. Right. So wait, were so the evidence of the bunkers and everything was this after they built the airport, or when they were building it, they saw all these weird things as they were building it. No, it's after, and I think the okay. reason they put that line in there about it being over budget, we'll get to in a second. That there's they like weren't finished. Got it. So a multi-million dollar automated baggage system failed to work as designed, fueling doubts about the intent and scale of the construction. An alien drawing has appeared on the walls and blurry footage of lizard people has appeared on conspiracy websites. Oh, um, goodness. Yeah. All kinds of weird shit going on at Denver International. I'm hopping on the internet after this. So the facts on this one are quite long, so I will get into some of those. But they're saying that roughly a thousand people work daily in various levels underneath the airport. Okay. They're carrying luggage planes and baggage claim areas and a pair of seven foot seven thousand foot long tunnels that run alongside the airport underground trains which are not immediately ready to use upon the airport's opening so that would explain why the tunnels are there because they didn't get finished okay but there's people working down there daily as of 2016 even is it because they didn't get finished or because the reptoid people well i don't know i mean it it depends on what side of the fence you're on on this that's what i'm wondering but they're claiming that you know, workers have drawn the alien picture and are responsible oh. for the fake footage or whatever. But I don't know. Like I said, there was a lot of comments on this article that said this know. author needs to do his research and he's full of it and he's trying to debunk the truth and all that other stuff. So maybe he's part of the Illuminati. <laughs> maybe. Are you ready for the next one? I am. Nazi runways, remote locations. Oh. So the theory behind this one is that Denver International Airport's location, approximately 25 miles from downtown Denver, Okay. swastika-shaped runway configuration, and various barely concealed symbols of Nazism or fascism hint at any number of sinister plots, theorists say. Ooh. So the fact that it's a waif kind of off the beaten path and has these weird symbolism is making the conspiracy theory wheels really turn. Hmm. Is this like, I wonder though if it's this like a... You know, Disney hiding silly things in their movies kind of thing. Like Easter eggs? No, no, no. Like the, you know, the priest. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And like the... <laughs> and Little Mermaid. The and, big dick on the yeah, cover yeah, of it. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's that kind of thing. Like we're just being like, hee, 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 let's see if you figure it out. Or if it's a bigger plot. I don't know, but that would be a fun podca- podcast to look at the different ways marketers have snuck little subliminal messages into their oh, designs. All, that is a rabbit hole. There oh, are all kinds awesome. of posts. That I think I've it'd seen. be fun. I think I spent like 30 minutes one time looking at, <laughs> at uh, logos and the hidden things you never see in the logo. Yeah. So next week I'm going to do a story that also has to do with Nazi Germany and these alternate locations. Mm. There might be more to this than we think Oh, that we have also missed throughout history. But there's also a tunnel that is said to connect Denver International to NORAD, which is also in that area. You know what NORAD yeah, is, right? Yeah, they show a Santa Claus every year. Yeah, they do more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly 100 miles to the south near Colorado Springs. So there's right. a tunnel from there to there for top secret military yeah. Nazi type stuff. Okay. The history of this one, Nazi conspiracy theories have been among the most popular online for the last two decades. Like I said, we're going to cover another one. Right. That even though they're popular online, this guy misses it. And despite its recent tongue-in-cheek embrace of most conspiracies, Denver International Airport officials have shied directly away from addressing this one. Oh. So that's making the theorists believe that there's something something to to it. it. Or 
it has to do with Nazism and Hitler and this terrible thing called the Holocaust. Holocaust. <laughs> I was I, I have apocalypse on the brain, so I was going to say apocalypse. This terrible thing I mean, I called the Holocaust. Which, by the way, since I've gone down this rabbit hole of these conspiracies, oh, a lot of people believe that was fake as well. Oh, I know. They're the same so, people that think that nine eleven was inside. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But they may be shying away from this particular topic because they don't want to talk about. Well, yeah. They don't. Some people are afraid to even mention that. Well, yeah. You know, so they went on record in 2016, 2016 saying, we do have some subject matter that we wanted to either just avoid or tread very lightly with. This was in response to a question as to what made the cut for the exhibit. None of this stuff was in it. Right. And so they're saying, like, we just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Some things are worth debunking. Others aren't, they said. Oh, okay. So they're, like, taking the high road kind of thing. Yeah. So real quick, the facts on this one, because this is interesting, and it, has, it relates to the comment that I will read at the end of this here okay. coming very soon. A close look at aerial photography of the supposedly swastika-shaped runways reveal a lumpy, misshapen, and largely interpretive swastika at best. So they're saying that people are looking at this and trying to make something out of nothing. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes if you want to believe something, you're going to do whatever you can to make it happen, you know? Right. They also say that a 90-mile-long tunnel from the airport to NORAD seems highly unlikely and cost-prohibitive. Given that the world's longest underground rail tunnel, the newly opened Swiss Alps, traversing Gotthard Base Tunnel, Goddard? Goddard, probably. Is less than half that length and took more than a decade to excavate and construct. Well, I can imagine. So they're debunking that by saying it's kind of impossible, probably didn't happen. So that was actually the last one. Um, And there's some more information in this article about what was on display back then, like a fake skull. uh, having It looks like an alien skull. But yeah, so do you want to hear this awesome comment? Well, I do. But first, I wonder why no one has ever thought to do any kind of like land survey of where this tunnel would be. Wouldn't you be able to do like machinery over the top to see if it's hollow underneath and whatever? I'm not a land surveyist, so I can't speak intelligently (laughs) about that. But I will say that seems like kind of a sensitive area, probably with the FAA and the NORAD there as well. Right. So maybe that's not allowed. Okay. All right. But again, I... I failed land survey in college, so I'm not sure if I'm speaking (laughs) accurately on that. Okay. (laughs) Just a thought. So this comes from Jennifer Gruber, and this was posted March 3rd of 2019. So people are still reading this article and commenting on it. And this is a quote. It says, they, in quotes, lie by making a joke of certain truths and ignoring, like you, the undeniables. My top three, she says. The fact that Google Earth has fuzzed out the orbital view of the lower level construction phase. So apparently, and I'm going to check this out more detail. If you go to Google Earth and look up the airport, that whole part you can't see. They've fuzzed it out for some reason. Weird. Which I know Google Earth has done things like that for, I don't know, the Pentagon and top secret locations. But why an airport? Yeah. I mean... Airports have been the subject of like terrorist threats and attacks and whatever of the past. So maybe that's that has something true. to do, do all, with it. I wonder if all airports. Well, have I think that's fuzzed. something worth worth looking into. And I'm yeah. I'm assuming Miss Ms. Mrs. Gruber did that. I would hope so. I would hope so if she's going to make this bold claim. But it's definitely worth checking out. Her second one is the fact that the artist of the sick murals originally said, I don't know if that means sick like cool or like sick disgusting, but it says sick murals said he was instructed on what to paint and then changed his story 
to they were my ideas. Hmm. So somebody reached out to him and said, change your story. Hmm. Hmm. So the third one, she said top three, but there's four here. Oh, wow. Oh, the fourth one says honorable mention. Hmm. The third one, Charles Ansbacher fits the mold of the NWO crowd. Artsy, conductor, friend of the Clintons, and Governor Romer was from the same country as mass exterminator Adolf Hitler, who, by the way, with assistance of the Bush family, Rockefellers, Fords, et al., examined not only Jews, but others who were deemed not worthy to live. Gee, those murals, a gas-like substance killing everyone concentrated in big, big cities? But after the population is reduced to, I don't know, let's say 500,000, a new world of happy children will frolic in concert with Mother Nature. Oh, I'd have to see what those murals look like. Yeah, so I think that I think we need to take a trip to Denver Airport. Let's just do it. Let's just go to the airport, Let's check all this out. Let's write it off his business. Right, and then fly home. So clearly she thinks there's some sketchy things going on there. And her honorable mention is that during the Cold War, the continuity of government plan slash shelter was the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia. They built it in the 50s at the time. The resort was building a new wing, building it in plain sight. That's their modus operandi, or MO. They are not using the Greenbrier as a shelter anymore. Where will Congress go in the next big emergency? Hmm. So Hmm. she's saying that they're building all this in plain sight at Denver Airport. So this Denver Airport apparently is this hotbed of potential Nazi government (laughs) apocalyptic activity. I mean, who'd have thunk it, man? I've never been there. I don't think I've ever even laid over in Denver. Yeah. I don't even know that I've been to Colorado ever. Have you been? Well, I don't I don't know. I can't remember if that's where I stopped. Wow. Crazy, right? That was crazy. That was a I'm like, I've got all these questions now and things I want to go look up. Thank you very much. Yeah, and so living in the Southwest most of our lives, I don't know how I didn't hear about this. And like I said, I love airports. I'm trying to go to all of them. Yeah. In the United States. And I I never even this never occurred to me. So like I said, I teased next week, we're going to go down the Nazi rabbit hole a little more and talk about something that I learned just today about that Hitler maybe is still alive or was still alive. I'm sure he's dead by now, but (laughs) apparently he didn't kill himself. He escaped. Well, don't give away too much. No, that's just a little teaser. A little little taste. A little taste. All right. So you have anything else? No. Okay. I don't. That was it. What a good episode. Yeah. So if you want to see some pictures and more information on these cases, um, including the aged progressed photo of um, Lachea, you can go ahead and follow us on social media at How Did We Miss That? I also want to give a big thank you for our theme composition, which goes to Audio Anywhere Productions. You can find them at audioanywhereproductions.com. And we'll see you next week. Until then, keep your head up and look out for each other. Bye.